episode 195, Craig Valentine, The Perfect Day, Why He Is Early to Rise. Welcome to Awaken Your Alpha. My name is Adam Lewis Walker, former athlete and teacher turned lifestyle and entrepreneur coach. Each week we bring you the world's most successful minds to inspire you to act on your true potential. Head over to ayalpha.com. It is time to awaken your alpha. If you'd like to talk about how I can help support you in your own personal journey and reaching the levels that I know you're capable of and you deep down know you're capable of, be proactive, reach out, seek out the support, and if we're a fit to work together, brilliant. If we're not, I can still point you in the right direction. Either way, win-win. Work to create your perfect day. Head over to ayalpha.com. Okay, guys, I hope you're ready and we're all early to rise today. We have a great one today. We have Craig Ballantyne on the line. He is, I mean, if you've got any sort of background in health and fitness, he is the man behind or the founder of Turbulence Training, which is a whole massive movement. And there's thousands of trainers over the world actually using this, this service and this system to actually work with their clients. He's the editor and founder also of Early to Rise, which we're going to talk about today. And he's a contributor for a long time contributor to Men's Health magazine. He's written and he sent me over a great book, The Perfect Day Formula, which is what I want to talk about today is how you can have your perfect day formula. But Craig, firstly, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? You bet. Early to rise, alpha. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you've been up for a while already. One of the I things you, you mentioned in your book is you really do get up early. It's, I mean, is it 4.30? Are you consistent on that? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I get to work at, you know, by work, I mean, my kitchen table at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I try and get up a couple minutes before, uh, and then I can just really go right into working and, and writing because that's the most important thing that I do in my business. So it's just, you know, sit down on the computer, words spill out. And then after about 90 minutes, then I move on to the rest of my day. Boom. Awesome. I suppose something that jumps out straight away to me, that would be very difficult, if not impossible, if you weren't doing something you loved. Yeah. I mean, it's also a matter of slowly working back to that. So, you know, a lot of people like, oh, I got to get up, you know, and two hours earlier for now. No, 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 no. Don't even think about that. Yes. Yes. I did this. I did this five minutes at a time from 7.30 a.m. Mm -hmm. all the way back until I realized, okay, this schedule works really best for me. I and so that's what yeah. it is, just finding, you know, the perfect day formula is about finding your best schedule, even if it means waking up at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's definitely finding the sweet spot. That's again, because I think some people, if they're not paying attention, they just catch a soundbite or an article of yours and they're thinking four thirty. oh my goodness. But then yeah. on the flip side of that, you go to bed at like 8, 8.30 is on here. Yeah, I mean, I still try. I just basically shifted my calendar, yeah. you know, ahead and I've arranged my life and, and I'm able to be fortunate enough that I get to control a lot of decisions in my life. I get to control a lot of the schedule. And so I just, you know, work when it's best for me. And that actually allows me to get more work done in less time. And that's something that we can help, you know, anybody figure out. So we can talk about that today too. Definitely. I mean, in your bio, obviously, it's quite a short one and you've done a lot. Is there anything you'd like to highlight or add to that? Or is that kind of sum it up? Well, basically, I started off in the fitness world in the late 90s. I was getting a master's degree in exercise physiology. I actually wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach in the National Hockey League over here in America. Um, but I ended up writing for Men's Health Magazine. And it just took me down this different path of helping 
you know, the average Joe get more results in less time, become more alpha, you would say. And I really, really like that. And then I moved into creating my, my programs that you mentioned. And then from there, I created a business basically on the internet of helping people delivering programs around the world that they could use at home. And so that's just how it all got started. And it was been a really wonderful journey. Cool. I want to dig into your Alpha Origins. Obviously, that's kind of the professional side of things. I mean, where are you originally from? Right. So I was born in a small town outside of Toronto, Canada. And uh, where I lived, it was ice hockey madness. So I imagine where you grew up, it'd be football madness, right? Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> or soccer so I, for anyone listening. Yeah. And I actually, that's actually my best sport is soccer. But, you know, in Canada, it's hockey. I mean, so yep. I wanted to play in the NHL. Until about 10, until I was 10 years old, I realized, okay, this is not happening. So I thought, you know, how the heck can I be in the NHL? And as I was going through high school, that's when you started hearing about strength and conditioning coaches. And so I thought, okay, well, that's my ticket to the NHL. And so I went to school, I got an exercise science degree. I stuck around for a couple more years to get a master's degree because I noticed that every strength coach had a master's degree. Mm -hmm. And so it was at the end of that, just when I was sending out resumes to all the teams and the pros that I got involved with men's health magazine, I started writing a newsletter. I sent it to one of the editors. Next thing you know, he's like, Hey, this is a real cool tip. We'll put it in the magazine. We'll give you 300 bucks and uh, stay in touch and we'll work together more. And that's been over 15 years now of helping out that magazine and almost a dozen other magazines, you know, men's and women's and then kind of, you know, national geographic and details and maximum and all this stuff that's really led me to a lot of great connections. Yeah. So that's how it all started, basically turning my passion into a business. Ryan, for someone like Men's Health, there's obviously, they get a lot of trainers, I'm sure, really trying to bust into that. What do you think set you apart? Was it, was it just relentlessness? Or what do you think did, the, did, did they see to keep you bringing on and obviously developed it this way? Because turbulence training and men's health really go well together. It's, it's huge. <laughs> uh, it, was a, it was a lot of luck. Um, mm. It was a lot of luck because it was the first time I ever emailed the editor. Um, he had just made like a mindset shift in his approach to training. So it was good timing. Mm-hmm. And then the, so, I mean, that's really not advice I can actually give. <laughs> but you had to be in it to win it though. You had to be in the right place and obviously right. grab now, I will say, um, I will say that my friend, John Romanello, uh, he got into magazines by emailing Adam Bornstein, who was working at Men's Health, the same time every Tuesday. So 11.30 a.m. every Tuesday, <laughs> John would send Adam an email. And I don't know how many months it took to, to break through, but he was able to do that. So that might be the tip that you... Yeah, and I was, oh, we've actually had both of them on the show individually. But I mean, right. them two obviously have gone on to form a long partnership and obviously wrote the, the book, Engineering the Alpha. Right, um, perfect for this audience. Yeah. So that's how I got in. Now, what allowed me to stay in was when I realized that people in the magazine world are overworked and underpaid and they're always on deadline mm-hmm. and they would email me, you know, three hours before their deadline saying, Hey, can you put together a quick quote or can you give us, you know, th- this workout or can you at least fact check what you said? And what it turned out that most of these other contributors wouldn't get back to them on time. And I yeah. thought that first of all, that's rude, but second of all, I mean, it's so simple to do. And so they were very happy that I did that. And that was just like another reason to say, hey, we can always count on Craig. So if we have a last minute thing, you know, just send him an email. And I still get that today because that's my reputation that yeah. I built. 
No, that's awesome. They can always count. You always got the back. And then like you say, when opportunities do come around and there may be people of, you know, in the similar sort of pool, your name's going to be top of their mind and off they go. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. So, you know, when somebody is talking to uh, men's health is talking to somebody at women's health that, you know, that reputation spreads. And I'm also doing what John did. I'm, I'm, I'm sending, you know, my, the editor that I work with there, I'm sending him every Monday morning an idea or two. And, you know, I might go seven Mondays in a row without even hearing back from him, yeah. you know, because I know he's busy. I'm not offended by it. Yeah. And then once in a while, he'll, he'll reply or he'll come out of the blue with a the, with the little bit of work to do. So it's, you know, you're always pitching and you're always keeping that relationship going. And really, it's about how can I add value to that other person and make their life easier and yeah. make them the hero in their business. Definitely. I think that's really a useful insight for obviously people. People from the outside might assume it's, it's all rosy and, you know, literally there they just contact you or you say, oh, I've got something I want to put in. And they just go, oh, okay, and open the doors and it comes. But it's nice that, you, you know, you're still in there. You're pitching them ideas and just... Oh, yeah. I'm getting rejected most of the time. But, you know, the one that gets in, that's what people see. Yeah. When was a time when you, you know you had a not even necessarily a bad day or a bad week or a bad a, str- a period where there's a lot of challenges and you really had to sort of awaken your alpha and you know start sending these emails and sort of find your path right so there was a couple periods of time like in 2002 i kind of struggled with getting my my personal training business started but, but the really the biggest thing that ever happened to me that was the biggest struggle was in 2006 um you know i was 30 years old so i was still pretty young in my opinion and i was just you know, working really hard, but I was playing really hard too. And I was going out late and, uh, you know, spending too much time at the bars on the weekend. And I ended up with this anxiety issue, which, you know, was really crippling anxiety. I had tingles from the top of my head down to the end of my fingertips. I had a tight chest. I had a pounding heart rate. And this went on for weeks, 24 hours a day for weeks. And I went to the hospital a couple of times. And that was really the biggest struggle that I ever went through. But even though I was struggling through it all the time, I was trying all these things. So it was yoga, meditation, Qigong, whatever I heard that might help, I tried. And so every little thing that I tried got me a little bit better and back to normal. And then eventually after six or seven weeks of that, I was able to break through and the stress lifted. Um, I started living better and I still had to fight it off a few other times and I could still feel like, it's almost like heartburn over my chest or like a burning sensation yeah. when I feel it coming on if I'm not getting enough sleep or if I'm just, you know, really stressed out. And then I realized, okay, I got to step back. I got to get into deeper breathing. I got to meditate. I need to sleep. I need to eat healthier. You know, if I'm drinking too much caffeine, which is my biggest, um, you know, uh, contributor to anxiety. Yeah. And so I just need to dial those things in and I do that and put, you know, the next day I feel fine. So that was something I struggled mightily with back in 2006. Um, but once I got through that, it's, uh, then it, that was it in terms of physical stuff. Now I just have every day, we have a bigger business. We have a lot of team members. We have a lot of struggles every day still, but I look at them now as opportunities. So uh, I just reframed it in my mind. So it's not a problem. It's an opportunity. It's an adventure. Let's go and attack it. Yeah. Along this journey as well, even though, you know, when you're well established in men's health, and, and I'm sure there's lots of people who contribute to men's health, but there's obviously a big jump to then go to something like turbulence training and creating a, a business outside of that. In that period as well, who helped awaken your alpha? So a Yoda question, like, were there some key figures in there that you thought, 
I either, you know, they either inspired you from afar or they're actually, you know, they helped show you the way. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of people that I would consider mentors over the years. I call some of them virtual mentors, mm -hmm. meaning I've just read their books or watched their videos, but they still had a huge impact on me. Um, those include Dan Kennedy, who I, I know, but I've never actually gotten coaching from yeah. him. Um, and then, you know, there's a guy named Ted Nicholas, who was a copywriter. He inspired me to go to one of my first seminars where I yet met Yannick Silver, who became one of my coaches and mastermind leaders. He's a very, very cool guy. I saw him speak years ago. I've never actually spoke to him, um, but I've obviously seen his business adventures. I think I was one of his newsletters a few years back. And he always looks like he's got a lot of cool things going on. And it was that, again, I think he's quite an inspiring guy in terms of his approach to how he sets up a business and what it could potentially be. I mean, are you still in contact with him? Yeah, it's actually funny. I just sent him a letter the other day, like an actual written letter. And because uh, that's how I kind of like to communicate with yeah. some people, thank you cards and letters. Um, so I do keep in touch with him. I just, you know, help promote his book that he just started a new book called uh, The Evolved Entrepreneur. Um, and I mean, I just love what he's done. And, and one of the things that I do actually every morning is I review what I call my daily documents. And so I've written out like, you know, the 10 best tips or the 30 best tips from Dan Kennedy and uh, Yannick Silver and you know Seth Godin and uh, Stephen Pressfield and I review these one of these things every day and Yannick has a couple of points in there so I'm always I always feel like Yannick's kind of on my shoulder giving me <laughs> advice and helping me out but he really is an inspiration to me and he's a lot of fun because he's not just a business guy he's a, a really life adventure guy so he's really really great um, I know that he's helping to bring back one of his old seminars, his internet marketing seminars. They're starting that up again later on this year. Um, and if you can ever hear him speak, he's just really dialed in, really wise, has an amazing you know, um, immigrant edge, uh, American dream story. He came from Russia with his family when he was a kid from nothing, and he's built an amazing business. So he's a really, really great guy. And so he's been very influential for me. Another person is Tom Venuto. You've probably heard of his book, Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle. And okay. he, was, he was my first business coach in 2006. While I was going through that anxiety, yeah. he was actually helping me build my online business and get turbulence training out to the world even more. And so he's a guy that I look up to quite a bit. Yeah. And in terms of early to rise, when, when did, you, did you make a conscious decision to move away from just solely health and fitness to more of a, you know, a more rounded wellness, like health, wealth? The entire thing with early to rise well i mean as soon as i read the first issue of early to rise that i probably got in 2001 or 2002 yeah. i thought this is fantastic and so early to rise for people that don't know it it was a newsletter built on health wealth and wisdom so it would show you how to you know be a better salesperson or be a better investor but then it would give you these health tips and then it would give you you know the word to the wise or you know here's how to be a wise person and they delivered that information every day and so i was a subscriber for years and then on the first, coach, uh, first coaching call that I had with my, my coach, Tom, he said, Craig, what do you want your business to look like in five years from now? And I said, I want my business to look like early to rise. <laughs> and then that was 2006. And then I just went and joined a mastermind group the next year. I went and met people. I started coaching. I started doing all of these things. And then, then in 2008, I met this guy named Matt Smith, who became my business partner. And I told Matt that similar to what I told Tom, that I want to have a business like Early to Rise. I want to go and help more people because it's, I don't want to just be in the fitness world. I want to help yeah. people become wealthier and improve their, their situation in life. And so I said, I told that to Matt and Matt 
met the owner of Early to Rise, and the owner of Early to Rise said, you know, I'm kind of ready to move on and do something else. And Matt said, I know a guy who would love to buy it. And so it was five years, three months, and 17 days later, after that first call that I had with Tom that I bought Early to Rise. So I was a little wow. bit late. I was three months and 17 days late, but I did it. <laughs> I achieved exactly what I wanted because I had that vision and I was following what I call the law of action attraction. Yeah. Having that fixed deadline, but also putting it out there. If you'd have been just keeping like a lot of people do keep these ideas in their heads in their head and not put it out there, then obviously people aren't aware. And it, like you said, attract. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. And you know, most, most people keep it to themselves because they're surrounded by negative people or they don't believe that anyone can help them. Um, but I've always been, about you know finding good people and when you find good people and you say hey this is what do i want to achieve they actually go out of their way to help you achieve it you know because whenever somebody says to me like even a young trainer who comes to one of my events like they will this weekend they'll say hey i want to do this i'll think of like how can i find an opportunity where can i get them an apprenticeship or you know how can i get them a job working for you know one of my friends and, you know, I'm always trying to connect the dots. And I think good people will always do that for you, too, when you share your dreams. Awesome. Amongst all that, then, the per I want to talk about the perfect day formula. There's obviously lots of aspects within that. But what inspired you enough to obviously make a book, <laughs> write a book, The Perfect Day Formula? And it, if people are listening to this, it's not just a book. I've got kind of, I think it's about seven or eight handouts. Um, there's literally gratitude journals. There's, it's a, it is a whole formula. It comes in a box. It's awesome. I mean, what? What inspired you to write that? And can you just give an overview of why you think that's so powerful? Well, the, the book came from everything that I did to, you know, overcome my struggles, but also to really make a productive day. And so I really started my productivity journey in about 2006, 2007. You know, I was getting up at 730 in the morning then, which is still early, but for yeah. me, it felt late. Like I would wake up and I feel like, oh, I'm chasing the world right now. I don't like oh, this. Yeah. It's me anxious and so I thought you know tomorrow I'll get up five minutes earlier and then the day after that it was five minutes earlier and I just started working my way back until I felt like I'm in control of the day here and I want to show other people how to be in control of their days it doesn't necessarily mean getting up really early in the morning it just means structuring your day taking control of the first part coping with the chaos of the world in the afternoon and then focusing on what matters concentrating on what counts at night and I realized that this is the right formula for having a day where you know you finish that work day where you say this was awesome I got a lot done today compared to what most people experience at five o'clock they go I don't know where the day went I did all this stuff but I don't feel like I'm any further ahead and I hated to hear that from people and so I wanted to show them how to be more successful and I put it all into place and into the book and now I'm sharing it with people all over the world and the other thing that you have, the kit. So there's the book and then there's the kit. The kit is like having me sitting down at your kitchen table, walking you through all of the important aspects of the system so that you can get everything dialed in and succeed. Like you say, even with all these different hands, they're numbered in the order and it all links in. When it came through to me, it was at a time like I'm sure people will recognize certain aspects and it just gives them that awareness that, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Where you said about moving it forward five minutes, at that time, I'd noticing it, it, I've been getting a bit lazy in terms of not going to bed and it just crept up in much like you can say you can just work in the, that slight edge in the positive way, just five minutes extra a day in terms of getting up. It can also be if you're not actively in, trying to improve it, it can be going the wrong way, like getting going to bed five minutes later every day, the accumulative effect and getting up later and later or 
you know, literally just chasing the day, like you said. So straight from that, it just, I instantly thought, yeah, for looking at that, I need to start not necessarily getting up earlier, but just going to bed earlier for starters. Just yeah, it's exactly. It's that slippery slope and yeah. you want to avoid having that happen, whether it's in your nutrition program, your exercise habits, or with your, you know, success habits. You just want to make sure you get dialed in and take advantage of the opportunity that you have. Yeah. Off the back of that, I obviously did. I'm just showing Craig. I did a little like worked out, which could be potentially the perfect day. And I know some people always say, oh, but every day is different. But obviously there's structures you can do. And that's another thing I thought was in, uh, refreshing to see in yours. You actually still get up at the same and do your same sort of routine on a Saturday, for example. You're, you're still, still in yeah. the same sort of routine. You're structured. I think it's really important. I think there's a couple of reasons why. I mean, first, it's best for you to get up at the same time every single day. And if you sleep in on the weekend, then all of a sudden it's really hard to get up on Monday morning. Mm -hmm. You feel tired on Tuesday mornings too. And it's just really a frustrating way of going about things. Now, if you get up at the same time on the weekends, you're going to be really dialed in for the rest of your week. In addition to that, it's just really good habit. So you get up, you, you're, it's not a habit that you're going to fall out of. You're going to stick with it. And you're going to be able to really make the most of your morning, which is where we all have more control. So if we really want to get ahead in life, we're going to be able to do that. And the last thing I'll say is if somebody listening to this is a business owner or a writer, they're actually going to get a lot done on Saturday morning. And so I actually you know, think that Saturday morning might be one of the most productive times of the week for most people because there's no other competing demands. You know, there's no emails, there's no phone calls. I mean, there's other demands from the opportunities you have, like you can go for a run or you, you know, go in a race or you can go watch a, a sports thing or whatever. But if you get up and just spend an hour on Saturday morning, you'll real and you do that every week, you'll really get a lot out of it. And like, like you said, I've done that on a Saturday morning. The, the mental benefit of just feeling like, God, like you say, it's a Saturday. There's no, there's no pressure to do it. You don't have to do it, but you're doing it. There's, there's obviously a lot of mental benefits as well as obviously just getting, the, getting something done. And that your morning routine, especially at that sort of time, should be there in that structure. There should be things that are obviously investing in yourself and setting you up for the day. Whether that day is then to go and spend the whole day with your family and do just purely fun things, you've got that, that same structure to set you up, almost like getting out the right side of the bed in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bonus when you take that approach to life. Yeah. One of the things as well, I like the evaluate and prep the next day relatively early or towards the end of your work day. So you, you don't have them issues going to bed. I mean, do, what do you think out of this perfect day? I know you said it's individualized to everyone. What do you think are some of the other key aspects that people should really have in that, that perfect day in some shape or form? Right. And, and you kind of alluded to it there, but the yeah. perfect day actually starts the day before. So at the end of the day, at the end of the workday, I recommend this little thing called a brain dump. You take out a piece of paper, you write down all the things running through your head, you leave it behind, you go home and you're present with your family. And you also plan ahead for the next day. So I have general blocks of time in my daily template. Now I know in a couple of weeks from now, what I'll generally be doing at certain times of the day. I wake up and I write, then I do my exercise, I walk the dog, I have breakfast, then I write a bit more, and then I do meetings for most of the day. So I know that's how almost every day is going to go for me. And most people have very routine days. Now, the night before that, I'm going to uh, plug in very specific details. I'm going to write this article tomorrow. I'm going to have this call tomorrow at this time, and so on and so forth. But I'm already dialed in. I know what the template's going to be like, and I can go and succeed that way. And that's the approach you need to have, that proactive approach to life 
so that you can get really dialed in and make that progress. Awesome. And again, I think that's sometimes a sort of the misguided thing where people think, oh, have that freedom and just days just are open to just be flown. When you, when you get to sort of an entrepreneurial success or you can control your day, you just think, ah, just do whatever you want. But I, I obviously, I really think, you know, that simplicity and discipline and that, that structure equals, you know, brings the freedom and what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I struggle with that probably about 2007 when I started putting this book together because I had just gone from being full-time personal trainer to now is really full-time online guy. And it was just, you know, I can get up whatever time I want. I can work on whatever I want. I can check email whenever I want. And that was a bad thing. Too much freedom actually gives us too many problems. So you put more structure back in your day, you earn your freedom later on at night so that you really can concentrate on what counts. And that relieves the stress that allows you to get done what really matters. And then you can move ahead. Yeah. Generalizing a little bit here. What do you think are some of the, the most common mistakes people, and I'm sure you've touched on a lot there, some of the common mistakes that people are making, maybe they're not so aware of, they might be being proactive and trying to improve things, but they're just making these mistakes that you see quite common ones. Maybe people write to you in early to rise or. Yeah, I mean, it really is the, the reactive approach to life. And what that means is that most people, you know, they wake up to their alarm, but they hit snooze. So they're already 10 minutes behind. The next thing you know, they're stuck in traffic because they didn't get a head start. Then they show up to work. And the, ne- and the first thing they do is jump right into email. And then from there, you know, the next thing you know, it's noon and they're having a bad lunch because they didn't, uh, you know, pack their lunch. And then they're really tired in the afternoon. And then all of a sudden it's five o'clock and they don't have that big project done because they've been wasting away the day. And now they're going to have to be late for dinner. Their family's going to be upset. They're going to miss their kid's sports game and they're going to get home. And it's like, Oh, now I'm going to watch TV and I'm going to stay up late. You know, that slippery slope. And it's all that. And if you have to put a stop to that and the only way to put a stop to that is proactively planning and getting control of your day, which is so simple. Mm. It's just putting together very few routines and a simple system in place based on looking at yourself and saying, when do I work best? When do I have the most energy? What are my number one priorities? And then just building your day around that. And then you become a success machine. Yeah. I wanted to touch on as well. I thought it was really powerful from the book as well. Um, and I, I did a recent TEDx talk and I had like your personal rules and writing your own story. And that's, you have sort of these rules. And I like it because people write their own rules, but a, a set of rules for your perfect day. I mean, can you touch on that as well a little bit? Yeah, I put together 12 rules for my life. Now, my rules are not your rules. And that's very important to understand. Yeah. But what these rules are, are their boundaries for your life. They keep you out of trouble. They reduce the amount of discipline and willpower you need to get through the day. And they set you up on the path for success. And so there's actually about five template rules that I recommend people put into their life. And the first one is you should have a rule for going to bed and getting up at the same time. So if you want to have a bedtime of midnight and you want to get up at 7.30, you should do that every day. And that should be a rule. Now, some days you're going to stay up a little bit, little bit later, but yeah. don't deviate too far from that wake-up time because yeah. that'll really get you out of sync and it'll take you days to catch up again. So focus on that as rule number one. Rule number two is you should have a rule for the number one activity that you do first thing in the morning when you wake up because you can wake up 15 minutes early. You can take advantage of that quiet time in your house and if you need to work on a business plan or you need to work on your fitness, or you need to work on getting out of debt, or you need to work on 
you know, even your spiritual yourself, then you spend that 15 minutes every single day, at least six days a week, if not seven, working on that number one activity. Oh, sorry, Kai. You just have a just, rule. Oh, so you just, uh, you my, just my rule a little bit. It's, I, I wait, Craig, I've uh, lost you for now. I don't know if, it, if you can still hear me. Oh, I've lost you, Craig. Let me see. Hopefully, you'll be back in a second. For 60 minutes. Yeah. Oh, so, Craig. One sec. Oh, <laughs> you're getting really tired. Oh, you're back. You're back. You, okay. You literally got to spend that, you know, focus on that one activity. That's where the point is. So it's probably about 10 seconds. Yeah. And that's going to cut out. Um, let me just see. Showing the red bars of not much connection, your end. Okay. Let's okay. see, see if it's okay. Just give it a second. Yeah, you got the like say the connection your end has got the the red bars of weak connection, but that was it's been fine the whole way through. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. So what should I do? So you went to um, spend focusing on that one thing. So obviously, when you get up, that focus on that one thing, you're either going to push your business forward, uh, so you can just kind of pick it up around that point. Okay. Great. Yeah. So what I do first thing in the morning is I write. I'm a writer. I write for 60 minutes. That's my rule. And that is how I improve my business. That's how I take myself and my goals forward. So that's the second rule you should have. Now, a third rule that you should have is a not to do rule. Mm. So, you know, so many people, we can do all of these things right, but then we end up doing one or two things wrong that are like 10 times worse than all those good things are combined. So you need to identify your biggest temptations, your biggest distractions, and make a rule that you don't get sucked into those, and then build a system around that so that it's easy for you to avoid that. For example, if you do really great during the day, but then you find yourself drinking you know, half a bottle or a bottle of wine at night, and you know that you're waking up tired, and it's really impacting your ability to move ahead in your fitness or in your business, then you need to say, I only drink on Friday and Saturday evenings. I don't drink during the week. I don't you know, drink before I have a, a work meeting, whatever it is, you make that rule and it helps you stick to that, especially when you share it with people who can be accountable buddies yeah. for you. So if you can say, like, if I said, hey, don't let me ever drink on a Tuesday night when we go out. Yeah. And you know, when the drink, when the waiter comes around, and you get ready to order a glass of wine, your friend will say, hey, listen, you know, you have that rule, you don't drink on Tuesday nights because you have to perform tomorrow. Yeah. And that is the way that you'll avoid making those mistakes. And then one other rule is for either your social or your charitable self. So it might be, you know, if somebody's introverted, it might be a rule for them that they have to go and say hi to somebody every day. It's just yeah. to help you become a better person. Or if you want to, get involved with your community more you might say i donate two hours of my time every saturday morning to working in the community maybe at a shelter or maybe yeah. a, at a you know food place whatever it is and then that way you tell somebody and if they see you on a saturday morning just in a coffee shop they say hey i thought you were getting involved in the community and it really is aspirational if you want to live a certain way tell the world that you want to live a certain way and the world will demand that you live up to that so those are the rules and boundaries you can put in place to get more out of your life. Awesome. So, I mean, 
along that sort of your personal rules and along that line, is there a sort of a quote that you like to live your life by or something that really resonates with you? Yeah. So I like the quote by Winston Churchill and I gave it a little twist actually. So the quote is, you know, never ever give up on, on matters of importance, sorry, never ever give up. And then I change it slightly to, you know, never give up on what matters to you on what's important to you because in certain situations, there are things we should give up, yeah. you know, we should give up on staying out late. We should give up on <laughs> you know, becoming the best partier of all time. <laughs> but once you find something that really matters to you, whether it's building an amazing podcast like this one or building a business or, you know, writing for a magazine or, you know, growing a family and putting together in, in place a charity work in your community. Once you're set on something, don't give up. You're going to go through the ups and downs. You know, hopefully you won't go through the ups and downs like I did with the anxiety, but there are going to be days where, you know, things aren't going a hundred percent as planned, but that's okay. You just get right back on the horse because it matters to you and you keep on taking action in the right direction and you'll attract exactly what you want into your life when you do that. Yeah. And I think that's where, uh, where the structure helps as well. Cause when you are having tough days, when, when you t do feel potentially lost, you know, use it as a crutch to go through like that structure that, you know, you put in place that that's going to help you. And yeah, you may not feel great today or even a couple, but if you stick to the structure you've set, it will come good and you're going to, you know, turn it around. In terms of people who don't feel like they're in here, like they, they struggle with the vision with that. They are just not just on the odd day, but you know, over the years, they just feel a bit lost and they don't really have that vision. So it's obviously it's a little bit harder. What are you, your thoughts on creating that vision? Oh, this is my favorite part of the book. It's a thing that I love to do the most and help people with because really what the vision is, is thinking ahead three years into your life and then writing them like a movie script for mm. having, you know, you being there, you've accomplished everything. That yeah, you I want. love this life stuff. Is, yeah. Life is going amazing. And so you just write like, okay, in three years from now or in 2020, you know, I'm living here, you know, this is my family situation. This is my career. These are all the amazing things that are happening. This is what my family does on the weekend. These are our rituals. These are our routines. This is our favorite holiday of the year. You know, and it really is, this is exactly how my life is going to be. And when you do that, you go, oh, well, I want to be here. And I know that the fastest way to get there is this straight line. And it helps you make the right decisions so that you stick to your plan and you get through it and you achieve, again, exactly what you want. I've had it happen to me, and I know that it can happen for the people listening. Absolutely awesome. Apart from, obviously, the perfect day formula, which I massively recommend, and I say, to me, that feels more than a book, but are there any other books out there that you, you can recommend? Yeah, absolutely. And there was one book that I'm going to mention that actually really had a huge influence on me in, in terms of putting together my book, and it's a little book called The Art of Living, and it's a translation of the Stoic philosopher Epictetus and his major lessons. And one of his quotes in, the, in that book is, control what you can, cope with what you can't, and concentrate on what counts. And I used that quote and applied it to the three parts of the day. Control your morning, cope with what you can, and conquer the chaos of the afternoon, and then concentrate on what counts in the evening. And so that little book, just read one page a day, it's like, reading your horoscope. It's like reading the thing that inspires you to make the right decisions. And that book has had a huge impact on my life. Cool. Absolutely brilliant. And just in close, and I want to just do a, some might say a silly round, but I just want to do it's the complete blank around this. So you just got to finish my sentence, fill in the blank. Okay. My best friend would describe me as? Disciplined. Okay. My favorite movie of all time is? 
Maybe Saving Private Ryan. Ah, good. That was on this week. I caught a little bit of it. Oh, that's Very great. Cool movie, cool movie. And I'll be interested in this one because obviously with the discipline and different and times you get up. The last time you got drunk was? I would say about a year and a half ago when uh, my business partner lived in the Four Seasons here in Denver and my friend Joel Marion was in town and uh, it was too hard. To, it was a great night and it was too hard to say no. So we had a really, really good time. Um, what, what, can you remember what time you got up the next day? <laughs> what was that next? I, I got up at 6.30, but uh, I, I, was, uh, I should have stayed in bed another couple hours. <laughs> awesome. So if I was ever to visit Denver, I should? Well, you should stop by the office and say hi, that's for sure. Um, cool. But I mean, what, you, you, know, you got to get out of the city. You got to go in the mountains. I mean, I, love, I like the summertime more here than the wintertime. I'm not much of a skier, but I mean, wow. This, uh, you just look at it. I mean, there's 14,000 foot peaks all around me. It's, it's amazing here. Nice. If people want to contact you, what's the best way they can contact you? You know, the easiest way to get a hold of me is actually through Twitter. So twitter.com forward slash Craig Ballantyne. Just drop me a note there. Um, and then drop by my website, craigballantyne.com forward slash free gift and pick up a couple of tools that I put together to help people really dial in their days. Absolutely awesome. Um, and if you were to recommend someone who you think would be a really good interview for this show from sort of your personal network, who do you think would be sort of one of the people who spring to mind at the start? Have you interviewed Jay Ferrugia? No. Yeah, he'd be fantastic. Or Bedros Koulian. I mean, those guys are, are alpha, just like John Romanello. They would, they would really dial in your audience. They, you would love it. Absolutely awesome. And finally, is there one question, what you thought I was going to ask, and I didn't, or you really feel like I missed a trick that you'd like to get across? Um, In terms of that perfect day, I know we've covered some of the, you know, the vision, the, the, the rules. Um, is there anything else? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is one that a lot of people ask, and I think it's really important, is what's your number one mistake that you made? Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. What is your number one mistake you made? I didn't hire a coach soon enough. I totally regret that. I wish I would have uh, hired a coach in 2003. I waited until 2006. And when I hired a coach, my business went through the roof. I mean, I just should have done it so much sooner, but I was cheap. I was stubborn. thought I knew everything, you know. Mm. Um, so don't be like that. I mean, right now I'm in one mastermind group and I have a personal coach and then I, you know, I have all my friends who are really, really wise. And I asked them for help. Around that 2006 period, what do you, what was kind of, not necessarily your breaking point, but what, what made the switch for you? What was the point when you just went for it on that, on that side of things? Well, in late 2005, things were picking up and I realized things can go even faster. And then it was kind of funny. It was, um, it was one of those when the teacher, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear because my friend who I hired as a business coach, he was just thinking of starting to do business coaching. And I think it was just a casual conversation yeah. we were having. And the next thing you know, he's like, Hey, you should, I'm going to do some coaching. You want to, you want to get some. And it was like, yeah, let's, let's do this. And it worked out perfect. And so that was what got me to take it to the next level. Awesome. It says, yeah, like you said, right, the right time. And you both evolved together. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure today. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. We're done. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks so much. Head over to ayalpha.com. Doing a limited number of clarity calls each week. Again, this is coming back. I've done this for a little while. So now's the chance. If you've been listening to the show, feel free to book yourself in to discuss your goals and then create a path to achieve it. 
I'm here to help you, whether it's to give you that clarity or partner with you going into the end of 2016 to really finish off this year strong. If you're serious about taking some action, let's start it off with jumping on the phone with me. Have a great week and I'll speak to some of you very soon.